Pints with Jack, Season 2, Episode 16. Praise him all his hosts. Hello everyone. Today we're taking a bit of a break from The Great Divorce. The title of today's episode is Praise Him All His Hosts, which is a play on a verse from Psalm 148, referring to the heavenly hosts. But in this context, it's talking about us, your podcast hosts. Are we sure this isn't heresy? I I like to think of myself as part of the heavenly army. I'll take it. We're going to remember this. Pride is before the fall. (laughs) But Matt and I were talking, and we agreed that it's probably a good thing if once each season we do an episode where listeners get to know us a bit more. We have listeners joining all the time, so it'd probably be a good thing if they knew a little bit more about the disembodied voices they're listening to each week. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So listeners, I had no idea this was coming. I was prepping for the chapter normally, and in fact, I had it fully prepped. And David didn't tell me we were doing this because he knows I prepped last minute. And so he wanted me to get, he wanted me to be fully prepped. And now I'm like a week ahead because we won't record the next one. So he's playing me. I feel manipulated. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> it, just, it just means that next week's episode is going to be really good. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, and I did get that book. The, what's it called? C.S. Lewis Goes to Heaven. Excellent stuff. I still haven't managed to get hold of the author, but I'm, I'm reaching out through my network now. I love it. Yeah, this book came along at the same time as I got the first Game of Thrones book and all four Tolkien books. <laughs> so Matt just had Christmas. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll actually put up the, a picture of your Lord of the Rings books. They look beautiful. I, I thought so too. They're only $22 total for all four in this nice leather bound. Bargain. Well, first things first, what are you drinking today? So I picked up some Buchanan's Deluxe. It's a blended scotch whiskey. It's aged 12 years. Well, one of my housemates knows that I really love Japanese whiskey, so he got me a Suntory whiskey. It's called Toki. Isn't that what we had when we went to the Aero Club? I think this is one of the ones I tried to get, but they didn't have it. Shame on them. Oh, actually, they might have had it. The bartender was exceptionally new, so... It could have been there. I'm not sure. Yeah, David was not happy. He, we're going to the Aero Club, which is known for an incredible selection. And sure enough, he's he's probably waiting 15 minutes. This guy can't find what he's looking for, and so he just switches his order. I actually changed my order at least twice just to try and... In the end, I went, that <laughs> bottle there, that one, to the left. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of patience and charity because I bet all you're thinking is, this is your one job <laughs> is to get this right. Well, it's more of... This is Matt's one opportunity to drink at the Aero Club for another year. Oh, you're too kind. Mm, I'm thoughtful like that. Well, cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that's lovely. Japanese whiskeys, people. If you haven't tried them, really try them. They are just wonderful. This one is being a blended and not a single malt. It's definitely peatier, mm-hmm. but it's on the lighter of the PD side of the spectrum. Mm. I've had some Buchanan's before. I've, I like it. Mm-hmm. I do too. Not super smoky. Now, I thought an appropriate quote of the week for this week, given that we are inviting our listeners into our friend circle, is this quotation from The Weight of Glory. The New Testament knows nothing of solitary religion. We are forbidden to neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Christianity is already institutional in the earliest of its documents. The church is the bride of Christ. We are members of one another. I'm glad to see he point out the importance of 
of meeting on a routine basis. Obviously, in the Catholic faith, uh, Sunday Mass is, is an obligation. And sometimes that's today looked on as a negative rather than recognizing it's for our own good. And even a number of churches today are people that I know. It's you know, If you can make it, you can make it. If you can't, you can't. But there's a huge importance to going every single week. Oh, yeah. Going to church is good for you. Apart from anything else, doing Christianity by yourself is really easy because you don't have to deal with other Christians. If you're spending an hour a week with a bunch of flawed people trying to share in some common mission, well, then things get much, much harder. That's a really good point. And you've read the Screwtape Letters, and Screwtape actually devotes a chapter to what you can do when your patient, when your Christian, goes to church. Ah, I forgot about that one. I can't wait for us to reread that because I've not read that since 2011. Mm. It's going to be pretty much fresh to me. I actually, the one I remember that vividly sticks out to me is I believe he started dating. I say it vividly sticks out, and now I say I believe. <laughs> but uh, it, <laughs> I believe he started dating a Christian person. Mm-hmm. Christian girl. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Christian girl. But then I remember being impressed by the way that he thought he believes Satan can still twist that. Like, make sure you do this or this, or make sure this happens in that circumstance. Inevitably, a good action that then can still be used and twisted. Oh, yeah. I'd actually say that's the motif of the Screwtape Letters. It's basically a manual of how to take something that's good and twisting it in one extreme or the other. I can't wait for us to go through that. We're actually going through it at the moment in Book Club. You've been zipping through books in Book Club. We have indeed. I'm jealous. You need to start one in New York. That's a good point. I actually should. I, I, I like this idea. Why didn't I think of this earlier? <laughs> That's why I keep you around, David. Yeah, for, for, all, for all the bright ideas and hard work. <laughs> Before we jump in, though, we should talk about my chance to meet one of the listeners, Jeff. Mm-hmm. He's going to listen to this uh, probably when it comes out right away. And so he'll get a chance to hear this. But I had the loveliest time with one of the listeners. He reached out. He's in New York for a day. And we were able to make it happen. It worked out perfectly. I got back on Monday, and he was in on Tuesday. And so we we had a great time. We grabbed some tacos, some margaritas, and caught up. And it was great to hear his journey. And he loves the podcast, which, again, we say thank you. We love that, listeners, that you guys give your time to it. And then it turned out that he was he had tickets to Wicked. And so he went and saw Wicked, which was a blast. I forgot how incredible that is. Mm. Wicked's my favorite. Les Miserables is great, but that takes an awful lot of emotional involvement to watch that. Whereas Wicked, I could watch it endlessly. It makes you laugh. The humor shocked me. <laughs> I knew it was going to be great singing. But Alphaba is just funny. And so is the blonde girl. <laughs> I don't remember her name. Galinda. <laughs> Galinda. I remember as the blonde girl because it, there's a scene where Alphaba is writing a letter back home and she says, my roommate, she's... Nice long pause. Blonde. Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a toast and a cheers to Jeff and a thank you for him treating me to Wicked and for a lovely time. And he's going to be back in town in like a month. Oh, and this is a shout out to Rebecca. I believe it's his sister-in-law. She's a devoted listener, so we thank her as well. Cheers. Cheers. All right, now on to the episode. 
Okay, well, the point of this episode is for the listeners to get to know us a bit better. So, Matt, why don't you introduce yourself? What do we need to know about you? What do we need to know about me? So, some fun facts about me. <laughs> okay, Matt's failing at this, <laughs> and I was pretty sure he was going to. So, what I did is I went and Googled first date questions. So, I'm just going to ask you a whole load of these, and we'll see where that goes. I love how you anticipated me failing at this. That's because I was debating I could either go and do bullet point facts, just random ones, or I could give you the the two-minute chronological order of spending time in Israel, going to Notre Dame, my time at Oxford, then to San Diego, then to New York, and my, my meeting with you, my falling in love with the early church fathers who brought me really deep into my Catholic faith. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. So this works now. And I just gave you the quick 30 second. (laughs) I tricked you into sharing. Uh, Okay. How many siblings do you have? Two. Older sister, younger brother, but way more important than all of this, a stunningly beautiful new six-month-old niece who is literally the love of my life. I get get a whole photo stream for my sister every day, and I watch videos of her, literally her whole entire development. And my sister is pregnant with another one, so come... October, I will be a second time uncle. Very good. So you're an awkward middle child and you're going to have two nieces and nephews. Uh, no, before you do this, are we doing this back and forth or do I get to go through the whole list with you afterwards? Oh, you can ask whatever questions you like. You have the shared list as well. I'm just going to keep asking questions otherwise. Well, David, how many siblings do you have? I just have the one. I have an older sister and she has given me a niece who is crazy smart. Were both your parents really smart, or was one that was more book smart? Because clearly, if your niece is smart, you're quite intelligent. It's coming from somewhere. Well, I actually think everybody in our family is exceptionally smart. There you go. That's a fair answer. Family of geniuses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Favorite movies, go. Oh, easy. Favorite, just normal movie, so no deep meaning to it, but The Dark Knight. Every time I watch it, I love it. Heath Ledger mm-hmm. does an incredible job with the Joker. Favorite deep movie, Life is Beautiful. Buongiorno, principes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hacksaw Ridge has just got added to this list. I cry so much during that scene of, God, let me get one more. <laughs> I mean, that's just a powerful scene. Uh, rom-com, Notting Hill. Good one. Old classic f- flick, I guess. Not flick is the right word, but... Um, old soul movie is what I was the words I was looking for on golden pond beautiful movie of old love going to a pond this old married couple it's just I love it it's how I'd like to end my life on living in a cabin on a pond <laughs> nice all right your turn uh favorite movies the Shawshank Redemption I think I'd probably say the Dark Knight trilogy as well Lord of the Rings Movies I'm just a little bit ashamed of. Notting Hill would be one. I'm uh, not ashamed of that in the slightest. <laughs> I I really like music and lyrics, which is a lesser known Hugh Grant movie, but it has a special place in my heart. I no longer say guilty pleasure or ashamed because one of my favorite artists has been Rector. And I was at this kind of pre-VIP uh, event. And so a few of us got to ask questions and someone asked him, something about One Direction in Taylor Swift. And he goes, 
not they said they said are they, they guilty pleasures he goes guilty pleasures not at all no guilt at all they're fantastic and ever <laughs> since that i'm like i'm done saying guilty pleasure i'm <laughs> owning it it's a pure pleasure nodding hill is mm-hmm. shame is good <laughs> uh where did you go to university long-time listeners to the podcast should know the answer to this question notre dame my true love outside of my niece the university of our mother i love the football i wish i would have been more spiritual during my time there uh, because there's this between the grotto the lakes there's also anyone who's been to notre dame there's this stations of the cross in the woods that you can run to and oh my god it's i go there now every time i go on campus it's the most gorgeous campus i love that place I go three to four times a year back to it. What about you? I went to the University of Southampton. So that's on the south coast of England. And that's the same place where the Titanic left from, beginning its journey towards America. So some of my friends, when they found out that I was moving to America, the comment was, I hope you get further than the Titanic. <laughs> so it's, it's famous for not only David Bates going there, but the Titanic leaving. That's what you're saying. Pretty much. Okay. And it was actually, it was the same city where my dad went to university. He went to the Institute, which is not quite as good as the university, which I <laughs> rarely brought up, naturally. Uh, he, he went to an engineering school there, and there's actually still an engine in one of the museums that's actually got my dad's name on it because he was one of the students that helped prepare it. Oh, I love it. What was the last book you really got into? Okay. This one would be one that I would probably have put under the guilty pleasure category, but I can't put it under that. <laughs> uh, I've got to stick by my principles. It was it came out of left field. Honestly, it was it's called Redeeming Love. I always ask people their favorite books. It's it's definitely geared towards a more female audience even by its pink cover i think <laughs> but it was it's a it's a it's a fiction story about the book of hosea and this gentleman loving a prostitute and i cried during it on multiple occasions i read it and devoured it in 3 days straight it's just i've told even my guy friends about it do you want the perfect example of what it looks like to love a woman unconditionally and to be a true man and what is true masculinity. I'm like, this book is that example. It's unreal. For me, I think, well, Becoming Mrs. Lewis was a book I read fairly recently and I got through that exceptionally quickly, read it twice. Uh, But I'd also say, I think his name's Neil Gaiman. Uh, He wrote a book on Norse mythology Hmm. and that was probably the most recent book that I read that I just thoroughly enjoyed. Ah, that's a good one. Okay. What about also the most fascinating person you've met? You, Matt. You're the most fascinating person I've met. Yeah, you remember that day when you first met me? (laughs) Of course you do. Of course you do. That's why I drink on the show. (laughs) To try to forget it. You're about 322 scotches away from forgetting that day. (laughs) Uh, Most fascinating person I've met? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know who I would say. What would you say? Mine's not going to be fascinating, but it's a, it's a fun story. Definitely a famous person. I've met more fascinating people than this. but um, So I was at a Toting Robbins conference, 
And have I told you this story before? You did tell me the story, but it didn't actually make it into the episode. So go for it. Okay. It's my claim to fame. It's a fun one. So I was at a Tony Robbins conference, not because I'm some well-connected person, but someone I knew got us into the VIP section of it. And I'm sitting here and he, he has this breakout session where he tells people to talk to someone next to them about what's keeping them back in life. And I'd start talking to this gentleman and I first ask him because we have about 20 minutes to talk. And I'm like, so what do you do for a career? This guy says, oh, I'm an artist. So my natural question is, oh, okay, what kind of art? You know, you know, just all kinds of art. He's being very vague. Then answered the question. Then I answered the question. We talked about 15 minutes. And then at the end, uh, the person goes, do you know who that was? I said, no. He said his name was Knight. And he goes, that was M. Knight Shyamalan. Or Shyamalan. 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 <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And he goes, he directed this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie. I'm like, I've never heard of any of those movies. You hadn't even heard of The Sixth Sense. No. So then I, so then I ended up watching The Sixth Sense actually on the plane ride home. (laughs) That's, that's, that's pretty good. He, by the way, he was looking for. He wanted to be what was holding him back in life is he wasn't feeling very inspired. And this made more sense in hindsight, but he told me he achieved a lot of success in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess not so much lately. He had a string of really bad movies. Yeah. These, this split glass stuff, I guess, is somewhat done all right, but it's still been subpar. I, I really liked those. I haven't seen mm-hmm. the, I didn't see the final one in the series yet, but I, I really liked the uh, previous two in the trilogy. Okay. But who's your favorite author, obviously, outside of C.S. Lewis? <laughs> yeah, Lewis is up there. Peter Kreeft, really love all of his stuff. I've read most of Scott Hahn's stuff. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien. How about you? Henry Nowen. Yeah, really good. Definitely a big fan. My, I had that priest tell me I can miss heaven by 18 inches, the distance between my head and my heart. And Nowen brings me to my heart mm. lewis keeps me in my head which isn't all bad henry brings me to my heart introvert extrovert <laughs> that's easy i'm an introvert which a lot of people <laughs> find really surprising because i still travel about the country and give talks and i'm quite often at the head of organizing stuff but it's not what i feel comfortable doing it's just usually what i feel needs to be done i'm the same and People are always shocked because I classify myself as an outgoing introvert. And I have to explain to people that introversion just means you get your energy by being alone. So that means mm-hmm. once I'm energized, I'm very strategic about getting a good night's sleeps, being very self-centered with my time and going on runs on my own, long runs and quiet prayer time, meditation time. And so if I do that well, I can be incredibly outgoing because I'm an energized person. Yeah. But drain me in five hours of sleep and pulling me in a lot of direction for a couple of weeks, I'm going to be closed off and not talk to a soul. Yep. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> uh, what TV series do you keep coming back and watching? I know you don't watch a whole lot of TV. Suits. I've watched Suits since it first came out and I've never had to binge it because I've been watching it pretty much bef- without getting behind by maybe more than four or five episodes except during an Exodus 90 series. But even then, I'll take TV back every few weekends and watch the three episodes that I missed. Mm. 
for people who don't know, Suits is two attorneys, and it's pretty much the attorney version of Goodwill Hunting. Like one of the guys is that photographic memory, like Matt Damon's character, and it's just a. They have a great banter back and forth, and that's where most people get this. That's where Meghan Merkel came from. She was on Suits for the last seven seasons before she became princess (laughs) or duchess or however that goes. (laughs) What about you? Uh, Oh, I've got a few. Big Bang Theory. Mm, No, I don't think that has quite such great... What was that? I'm just kidding. I said Sheldon. I I might be Sheldon, but I don't find watching that repeatedly is that great. I can watch The Office on a continuous loop, Parks and Recreation. I uh, never could get into Parks and Recreation. I watched two episodes. So good. So good. Uh, And I love Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman isn't in there. Wait, who am I? What am I thinking of? Arrested Development. Yes. Okay. The, The last two seasons of that were terrible. Okay. And actually, <laughs> I remember the first time I started watching Arrested Development. It was because the company that I was working at, the CEO, he really loved it. And so, you know, I'm slightly awkward. I wanted to have topics of conversation to bring up when we're hanging around the water cooler. David, you're not slightly awkward. Mm. I, I started watching Arrested Development. And at the end of every episode, I just thought, this is the dumbest show ever. <laughs> and I got through about three seasons. And then I started realizing I was still saying the same thing at the end of each episode. But I was actually kind of enjoying it to this <laughs> I called you Sheldon not because you're awkward, but because of your intelligence. Oh, thank you. Thank you're probably you. only awkward with someone, and I'm this way too, actually. If they have no like intellectual interest, I have a hard time talking to people of that. <laughs> like if, if it's sports and, and that's it, I mean, I just can't go far with that. I've got quite good at faking the, the sports conversations. You've you just got to stick with very generic statements. It's like... Did you see the match the other night? Oh, could you believe that referee? <laughs> and then you ask, them, ask the other person what their favorite team is. You naturally agree that that's your favorite team. And you think they really stand a good chance this year. All they've got to do is just like keep driving forward and keeping the pressure on the opponents. You, 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 you can have very long conversations just by stating very vague general ideas. Oh God. Have you read How to Win and Influence Friends or something here, David? No, I've just been somebody who has never been that much of a fan of televised sports and have constantly found myself surrounded by people who absolutely love it. I, instead of trying to do that, just tell people I don't watch sports, except Notre Dame football. And if there's nothing to talk about, we go our separate ways. (laughs) It's easier. Mm. Uh, When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Come on, Matt. You're young. This wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I actually never had aspirations. And then in, when I got to high school, I knew I wanted to, to be a hedge fund manager. So I'm kind of a boring person <laughs> like that that was incredibly laser focused on what I wanted to do. But I would say if I'm reflecting on some of the movies I loved, uh, Goal, this one movie is incredible about this journey of this Santiago becoming a professional soccer player. I would have loved to become a professional soccer player. I just being very rational minded realized really quickly Matt was not talented and gifted in that aspect. <laughs> you had all the requisite skills apart from the goal scoring ability. Yeah, that's exactly right. I had everything going for me except the height and athleticism. <laughs> Anyways, what about you? Uh, I was pretty simple. 
when I was, I want to say eight, I wanted to be a mechanic. And then when I was probably about nine, my dad brought home our first computer and it was love at first sight. And I knew I want to do this for my career. And you did. Hmm. So you were similar to me in the sense that it wasn't like something that massively jumped out. It was simple. Mine's pretty classic. And then also early on in your life, you got a pretty quick focus and you honed in on that. It was particularly because I started learning to code because I needed to show my parents that I could do more with a computer than to simply play games because I wanted them to buy me a better machine. You were quite a smart child. Eh, not that smart. I never got the better machine. <laughs> <laughs> Still good logic, though. Uh, one of the questions here, I think everybody knows the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What music artist do you never get tired of? Ben Rector. Need to Breathe. Mumford & Sons. Zach Brown Band. And my not-so-guilty pleasure, Taylor Swift. <laughs> She's fantastic. And, and I'll throw in a bonus. What am I listening to right now? The Ugly Dolls soundtrack. It's that new, I don't know if it's a Disney movie, but it's a cartoon movie coming out. And one of those feel-good message ones. And Kelly Clarkson sings a couple of the lead songs. Broken and Beautiful, Unbreakable. Uh, wow, you go, girl. <laughs> oh, and then, and then um, Couldn't Be Better. I've been having had those four songs along with Taylor Swift and me on repeat as I run an exercise. They're all very uplifting, happy-go-lucky, joy-filled. You just need that in your life. Yes, and I'm sure most teenage girls do as well. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no. Give me one more scotch and these answers might get even better. You do you. You do you. Uh... <laughs> I went to... I, I proudly proudly flew out uh my friend from high school from florida to go to a taylor swift concert because i got gifted two taylor swift tickets for my birthday in santa monica it was awesome so i just want to be very clear about that oh you are yeah i, I feel the <laughs> listeners are really getting to know you um <laughs> all right your turn uh my options are less embarrassing I can always listen to Casting Crowns and I can always listen to Audrey Assad. I don't think there's anything that either have ever produced that I haven't loved. But I also grew up listening to an awful lot of classical music. So Mozart, Brahms, Beethoven, likewise. I'm getting into 80s music right now. I have a big developing 80s playlist that's incredible. It started with Starship. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop us, never enough, and we built this city. And it's just expanded over the last few months. I approve. That That's my era. Imagine when you wake up 6 a.m., you're putting your headphones on to go for a run, and all of a sudden, we built this city. It's just bam. It's great. Have you got into Toto yet? Toto? No. Ah, bless the rains down in Africa. It's a classic. You'll thank me. All right. I'll add that. <laughs> what would you tell your 15-year-old self? My first thought was, it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, my 15-year-old self was right when I became insanely focused on schoolwork. And to the point where I used to go to the library probably five, six hours, if it wasn't soccer season, every evening, the local college library, and just study my butt off. I'd tell myself, do everything you did. 
I wouldn't change a thing. I am so grateful for that time I put in that got me to the college I wanted to go to and set me up in a way. I tell most people because of that. Like I find it was so instrumental. College is way better in high school. Going to a great college is fantastic if you can. Study hard in high school. And going to a great college is fun because you have great opportunities. You're around really smart people, which makes it fantastic too. And then it just makes post-life better. I don't know. You have friends doing incredible stuff. Uh, and my friends still talk to this day after they've started to make other friends in their new areas, they miss a lot of their college friends, how intellectually they were, how driven they were. And of course we all keep in touch, but you're not surrounded by each other. So honestly, I tell myself, do exactly what you did. Hmm. Yeah. I think I would, I would encourage my 15 year old self cause he's got some fun ahead of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, just so listeners know. This is 24 years ago for David. Dude, why, 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 do you, why do you want to hurt me? Why do you want to hurt me? And only 13 years for Matt. All right. Will you allow your elder to now speak? <laughs> Proceed. Okay. So I would encourage my 15-year-old self a little bit. I actually think I would tell my 15-year-old self just to relax some more. I don't think I really started to unwind much at all before university. Just so we're clear... Is this is this you unwound? Today? This is me unwound. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is me after ten years of living in the United States, mostly in California. Now I would like to see David pre Matt, David post Matt too. Those are some dark years. <laughs> Tell me, I've contributed slightly to this unwound. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I have in my past helped people unwind. Because of you, I drink more often, and I unwind through that. I'm proud of that. All right. All right. Take take that then. <laughs> uh, if you could jump into the body of a celebrity for a day, who would it be? Can it be my... Does this have to be a movie star celebrity or can it be what I believe is celebrity? Whoever you like. Bill Gates. Really? Why? My dream is to do what he's done uh, with like his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, except I'd like to do it from a Catholic perspective. I mean, I think that's incredible the way he's used his wealth. I love that he's so thoughtful, so rational. For example, when he wanted to understand climate change, he had the ability to be pretty much personally tutored by some of the wisest energy consultants, wisest people on this, scientists, and to dig into this, to understand it. And then I've watched a lot of his talks on it to understand the the magnitude or the complexity of the issue. And I just, I envy that. He's super high IQ, has the resources, uses them well to transform the world that's my kind of celebrity plus you get to sit on a big pile of gold while you're doing it <laughs> i just imagine this is like ducktales you know with scrooge mcduck diving into his pool of gold coins <laughs> i think there's some other billionaires that that would be a more accurate description for hmm. uh, i was thinking about this i think i might say someone like robert downey jr or chris pratt somebody that's filming one of the avengers movies I think that would be a really fun day because you get to meet a lot of other famous people. Plus, you get to pretend to be Iron Man or Thor. Okay, Iron Man would be sweet. I'd do Downey Jr. for that. And Chris Pratt is not Thor. Hemsworth. Hemsworth. <laughs> there, there, are, there are too many Chris's. Um, all right. I'm gonna, I don't know if this is on the list or not, but I want historical and current celebrity crush. And Marie... I'm forcing him to answer this, so you have to give him a dispensation for answering current celebrity crush. Oh. That's hard. This is so easy for me. 
Marilyn Monroe is very attractive. <laughs> I think Queen Elizabeth I is kind of cute. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Give me some time to think. Who, who are yours? Oh, Emma Watson. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the nerdiness of Hermione Granger. Very attractive. And then currently, Amelia Clark. Her personality seems to be, obviously, you never know, incredible. I've actually never seen a Game of Thrones episode, but in, in Me Before You, she was fantastic. And now she keeps popping up on talk shows because it's the final season of Game of Thrones. She has just the most down-to-earth, genuine smile, bubbly personality. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, I've thought of one. Um Notice that none of them are based on looks. For me, it's always personality. Of course, Matt. Yeah, they're all horrendous looking. Um, (laughs) I mean, I could have said something like Blake Livelier. uh, Who's Ashton Kutcher's wife? She was in that 70s show. Mila Kunis. Mm. I saw an interview where... She spoke Russian? No. uh, Some guy had won a competition and his prize was to interview her. And he was so amazingly nervous. I've seen this. He wanted to get pints with her. And she was so cool about it. (laughs) She was. Sorry to steal your punchline, but I thought it was more funny that I've actually seen this episode or this interview. I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Like, grab pints with my mates. Can I come? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. She was so chill. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he kept saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm doing terrible. Going, no, you're doing lovely. Yes, she was very encouraging. <laughs> she was. You're right. She's great. Okay, next question. Have you had any pets? Yeah, dog Bailey. Is Bailey still alive? Bailey was donated to our neighbors because my mom, who I can't wait for her, and I might have this wrong. I love how you can, as a kid, you can th- hear... Th- find things differently or think remember things differently but did she say he was sent to a farm <laughs> no and i do know my neighbors got him uh i don't know if it was a him or her huh but anyways so it's bailey i'm pretty sure it's a her because we moved to a new house and my mom's a great interior designer it was designed very well very beautiful and i think she was afraid of the dumb thing pooping on the carpets i don't think of it as a dumb thing by the way I can't wait to get a dog. I want a husky called Balto. <laughs> Why Balto? Have you seen the movie Balto? No. Well, there you go. The story of the husky that brought penicillin to a small village in Africa. There's actually a statue in Central Park here in New York about a wolf dog called Husky. Or I mean, called Balto. Huh. Okay. A great Disney movie. My mom was allergic to pretty much everything. So growing up, we had some goldfish. All of them died in very quick succession, with the exception of two. One called Spotty Man. Uh, He was named after a character in a children's cartoon called Super Ted that I really loved. And uh, Tim, uh, who lasted a long time. And then when I got a little older, I got gerbils. I had four in total. The first two were called Bruce and Lee. The second two were called Jackie and Chan. Oh, I love Jackie Chan movies. The Rush Hour movies were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a bit of a fan too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Jackie Chan. Favorite international food? Hmm. 
you know what? I it's going to be this specific street vendor stall right outside the hostel in Souter Street in Calcutta, India. When I was there in 2011, Matt and I went probably 50 to 75 cents per plate, right off a little street vendor. Fantastic, great selections there. Authentic Indian food. Probably gave me my food poisoning when I had it for a few days, but you know that's okay. <laughs> Had to go on a little Cipro, but, you know, I was there for three to four weeks. So it was fine. Looking back, it was fine. I'm sure if we <laughs> asked you at the time, you wouldn't have said it was fine. Actually, it was really sweet, though. This gentleman who got to know us, one of the other volunteers at Mother Teresa's place, you get to know them really well. So that was a lovely experience. But he couldn't speak English, but he was somewhat of like a, mu- a musician, artist. And he made me, and I still have it, this tiny, probably two inch by two inch book with all pages and each page had a different like watercolor drawing on it to tell a story oh that's really nice i know his name was lito lito yeah he gave me when i was sick and he also brought me a bunch of coconut water he said that would make me feel better i drank that but i still popped the sip bro <laughs> probably wise <laughs> but i think i'd say my favorite food is also probably curry I know people who know me probably think it's Mexican food because I do really love Mexican food. But these days I don't get as much really good curry. So I'm going to say that. I have a vegan Indian restaurant right outside of my apartment in New York. So when I want last minute dinner, quick takeout, walk one block and I get some pretty healthy. Although it's got a healthy dosage of spiciness in it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big spicy person, but anyways. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning, hands down. I I can't even. I attempted when I got to New York to become a night owl because the person I'm uh, living with is a night owl. I just can't do it. My body, within a few days, even when I come back from, for example, San Diego, and I have a three-hour time change. If I went to bed at 10 in San Diego, that's one here. Within three days, I'm back to bed by 9.30 and up by 5.30. It just doesn't happen. (laughs) When I was a teenager, I was a night owl. I was also a software engineer, so the two things kind of go together. But when I went to university, I realized that if I tried living like that, I would just get nothing done. So I get up early and do stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite non-C.S. Lewis book? Favorite non-C.S. Lewis book? Mm. Lord of the Rings is kind of an obvious one. Really enjoyed that. That's a good one. I read the novella for my favorite movie, which was The Shawshank Redemption, which I think is one of Stephen King's best books. And it's also one of his shortest. It's actually an, a, a series of four novellas in one book. For The Shawshank Redemption? Mm-hmm. I never yep. knew that. Yeah, I can't quite remember the title. It was something about seasons. But there are four stories in the book. Another one was called The Breathing Method, which was really good until the end. And then it goes all Stephen King and stupid. Hmm. If you like The Lord of the Rings, though, then my favorite book has just become a recommendation for you. The Name of the Wind. Hmm. Haven't heard of it before. It's part of the King Chronicler series. It's a three-book series. Only two have been written. A third one's supposed to come out any time now when he finishes it. It's rated the second best book. It was Lord of the Rings, this series, and Game of Thrones. Wow. Yes, this series, because I Googled it after I read it because I devoured it in two days. I didn't put it down. 
Like I dropped work for two full days and just read it straight. <laughs> and then I slept and woke up and kept reading it. It's essentially a book f- with incredible character development of following if a book was written on Aragorn. Okay. Imagine that. It's so, so good. That would be your number one book. Yes. If if we're going with not with like some sort of theology book that's brought me to God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Favorite poet. Do you read poetry? No. This is why you don't have a girlfriend. T.S. Eliot. (laughs) That is the name of a poet. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) The Four Quartets. Okay. It's a great one. It's got a lot of Christianity in it. It's beautiful. My favorite poet would probably be Khalil Gibran. I first discovered his book, The Prophet, just as I was leaving for America. And the opening pages of The Prophet describe this ship coming that's going to take the prophet away from this city. Hmm. And it's just got lots of lovely lines where he says that as as he's leaving, he says it's not like a, a cloak that I'm just casting off, but skin that I'm tearing from my very back that he knows he's going to leave something of himself there. It just really spoke to me at the time, and I've read a lot of his stuff since. You are a romantic at heart, David. Well, actually, Marie bought me a book of Jared Manley Hopkins. Ah. I've always enjoyed his stuff. I've just never quite understood what he's talking about. So (laughs) I'm now trying to go through it slowly and actually understand what he means. Okay, I want you to answer what would be some place you would love to travel to fantasy or real life so it could be in a book okay um this is one of my first date questions by the way (laughs) i'm just kidding uh, not really actually well there are some obvious choices narnia obviously middle earth obviously the land described in the great divorce apart from anything else, because it means I'm going to heaven. <laughs> that one's the more obvious one. But yeah, I think most most of these places are lands that I read as a child, so I imagined them, and I spent a lot of time there in my imagination. In real life, I would actually like to go back to some places that I've already been. I really enjoyed my time in Australia, particularly the uh, the Blue Mountains around Sydney. Gorgeous. mm as well as the Great Ocean Road. If you like beautiful beaches, congratulations, you now have an entire continent's worth to drive past. Yeah. How about you? Rivendell. Nice. I That's my introverted side. I just love to live there, wake up with the water found, the waterfalls, the, the secluded area, the gorgeous landscape. Imagine the hikes you'd go on. Imagine the freshness, the air. Oh, Rivendell. Plus... Plus, then in the evenings, there would be storytelling and songs and quiet places to read. It'd be great. Uh, I loved Harry Potter, so it would be nice (laughs) to. But that's not like somewhere you like to visit. I'd just love to have been a part of Harry Potter. (laughs) I've actually visited the, what's the name of the platform? Nine and three quarters, is it something like that? Yeah. In King's Cross Station in London, they've actually got a platform marked as that. And there's a luggage cart that's halfway disappeared into the wall. (laughs) That's great. That's a smart little way to get people to come to your place. Maybe real life. Actually, I really want to get back to Oxford. I really want to get back there badly. That just has a big, a special place in my heart. And then more of just a classic vacation type. 
I dream of going to Bora Bora and those overwater bungalow villas. Oh, that looks really cool. Yeah. It does. I figured maybe God's just waiting for me to be married so I can be more successful and just do that for my honeymoon. <laughs> okay, I think we're nearing the end now. So what is the one thing you think everybody should do or at least try in their life? Christianity. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> is there anything else of more importance than that That's, i mean you definitely win points you know i mean when i asked you for your favorite book you really should have said the bible but uh, <laughs> i don't read it very often you're um, a bad christian I a know, good I catholic know. but a bad christian <laughs> i joke i joke catholics you need to read your bibles <laughs> i hear three readings every single week in mass and two every weekday so i feel like i'm getting a ton of the bible indirectly this is true, actually. I think if you go to if you go to Mass every day and Sunday, I think you get through about 75% of the New Testament. Something like that. It's very high. Well, then I'm doing well. <laughs> and I went to a prize in high school, so I read a lot then. Um, outside of that, I am really passionate about downhill skiing. I just bought a brand new set of skis this season that I'm so excited about. I go to beaver creek every year i've gone to breckenridge skied in whistler switzerland skiing is incredible it it is an adrenaline rush it takes your mind off everything because when you're going really hard down a mountain you just lose yourself leave your phones in the apartment or a condo or wherever you're staying and just hit the mountains it's heavenly i would say learn to dance travel Go to a country that's not your own and go on a silent retreat, a week-long silent retreat. Yes, that's a good one. Nice work, David. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll give you applause for that. I've, I've done, I haven't done a full silent retreat, but I've done some pretty hefty silent weekends, 48, 72 hours at a cabin that has no cell service, no cable, no internet. Mm-hmm. And it has a VHS for old 80s movies, but I didn't watch any movies. <laughs> I just read a book, walked around, and it it was one of the most therapeutic weekends of my life. And I've done it a couple times now. It's You don't realize how important it is to detox, how important it is to be alone with yourself, how important it is to hear your thoughts. Holy cow. Okay, then. Final question. Have you seen Endgame? And what did you think of it? Oh, my goodness. They crushed it. No spoilers. Our listeners might not have seen it yet. If you haven't, shame on you, because by the time this comes out, it'll have been nearly two weeks. It'll probably have gotten close to $2 billion in revenues by then, too. It hit $1.2 in the first weekend, internationally and domestically. It was so good. I mean, without giving any spoilers away, they did a brilliant job. I cried, actually, more in that movie than most that I've ever cried in. <laughs> it... I sweated out of my eyes once. At one okay. point, I, I actually had my little hoodie on because you know it can be kind of chilly sometimes in the, in the cinema. But it also gave me a little bit of a uh, little bit of privacy to wipe my eyes when they got sweaty. <laughs> it it did a great job with the emotion tugging on your heartstrings. It bookended the series so well. It also made you walk away with some life lessons. Honestly. And it had some great action in it. They just crushed it. It was so much more than just an action movie. Yeah, I thought they did really well. I mean, 
the entire idea of this two-parter, you know, you've had 11 years worth of story, over 20 movies, all this stuff that they're trying to manage and build up is a really difficult thing to do. I think they did a really good job. There were a few interactions, that's all I'm going to say, that were really touching. There were a couple of characters that I wasn't overly pleased with what they did, but it was still really, really good. Mm. So every listener, we highly recommend you go see it. I want to see it in IMAX 3D. I don't know if I go 3D. I would definitely go for a large screen. The 3D stuff. I mean, also don't forget, dude, it's three hours. Your eyes are going to be so tired at the end of that. Well, I've never needed glasses my whole life. My eyes are doing well. Okay, you might need them at the end of three hours worth of... (laughs) It'll be the true test. Hammers and laser blasts going straight across your eyeballs. Yeah. Well, I think that was a very successful little episode. I love it. Listeners, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully it was a nice little change of pace. You learned a bit more about David and I. Or David and me. David and me, yes. Did I mention I'm a stickler for grammar? Did I mention I took the ACT because I've scored poorly on the SAT vocabulary section? Yeah, no, I did not. I'm not good with grammar vocab. You, you, did, you did good with numbers. That's exactly right. <laughs> but we'll be back next week when we'll be returning to The Great Divorce and we'll be going further up. And further in. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>